accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our run through of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the 20th episode of the fourth season. It's called Shattered Mirror. We're returning to the Mirror Universe. It first aired on the 22nd of April 1996, written by Iris Stephen Bear and Hans Beemler, directed by James L. Conway. In this episode, Professor Jennifer Sisko uses Jake to lure Sisko to the Mirror Universe to help the Rebels build another starship defiant. We're joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? Welcome back to the Mirror I'm Universe. I'm good. Is it possible at this point in the show for us to go back in time and take Mirror Dax and replace her with, I should say, take regular Dax and replace her with Mirror Dax? Because she doesn't have really anything to do, and she's so much more interesting in this. Yeah. She, well, we also got confirmation that Cisco <clears throat> did fuck her in the previous episode. That's true. We, yes. we, were, we were unsure. We weren't. We were... Uh, we didn't think that it was saucy enough in that previous episode to really imply what had happened. But yeah, she comes out and says that they had sex in the last one. So Cisco is taking full advantage of the mirror universe perks while he's going there. But she, I, uh, go ahead. You know, I'll I'll save it. I'll save it for the conversation. But I feel like that kind of plays into my thoughts about Cisco and the mirror universe. All right, let's take a break. I'm going to play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back and we're going to break down Shattered Mirror. Are you sure this is what Spidey used to transport you to the alternate universe? Looks like it. And you're convinced Jake's gone over there. He's not on the station, and neither is Jennifer. Maybe he convinced her to take him over there for a visit. Without asking me? Could be she left that behind as an invitation to join them. And I accept. But only to get Jake back. Want some company? I can think of safer places to visit. Major, you and the Chief come with me. Commander, you have ops. Okay, Clay. So it's our annual Mirror Universe episode. There are seven of these. They did one every single other seven. They did maybe they did the first one in the second season. Maybe there's only six. But anyway, they do one every season. They're like Ferengi episodes. They just do them to get out of the way. They're also like Bajor and religious episodes at this point. There's one of those every season. Um, at what point do you think it became like something they had to do? Like on The Simpsons, I know they talk about. <clears throat> um, after they did like three Halloween episodes, it was like, shit, we have to do this every year now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think – here's the thing about these Mirror Universe episodes. I definitely agree with the fan consensus that they just get worse as the time goes on. Mm-hmm. But I sort of see them as – I find them frustrating – because at this point in the series, the show does better episodes than this. So it feels like it's a real step back to have to have to do a Mirror Universe episode every season. Right. And the thing about it is, I guess it's kind of the price you pay. The only way I can really get through them and enjoy them is I say, this is the price you have to pay when you have 26 episodes in a season and you need one episode just to totally kill time and blow off steam for both the actors and the producers. <laughs> yeah. And because... Everything about these episodes is kind of silly, really hacky, and you just can't take it seriously. Um, but what, what did you think about this? So that, that's my opinion about the Mirror Universe episode. This isn't a terrible episode. It's just it feels like a waste of time when these come along at this point in the series. Yeah. Well, to draw another comparison to the Simpsons Halloween specials, one of the things that I know that they say, the creators say about them is that they are the hardest episodes to do. 
because they have <clears throat> they are mostly made up of stuff that they don't usually do on the show. They have to be kind of like witty and you know some sort of parody, and they're all new uh, designs and stuff, and they're they're always a pain in the ass to do. And I feel like that's probably how these episodes are, even though they seem like they're just blowing off steam. I think the reason they get worse and worse is because they are actually really difficult to do. Because um, as this one showed, and you know, as as an, as another show that comes a couple decades after this show, um, the longer the longer time you spend in in the mirror universe, the more of it you have to explain, and it loses the. I mean, I'm sure we've said this a million times, but it loses the uh, <clears throat> uh, metaphorical nature that they they are built on. Yeah. And so then like you have to figure out what the hell you're going to do with these other than just have it be an excuse for people to play, you know, contrary to the way they usually play, which is fine. I mean, you know, I'm sure that all the actors have a ton of fun doing this, but the story is not really I mean, it, yeah, it's just kind of like a waste of time. And yeah, I and I yeah. don't say that and I don't say that having disliked the episode, I actually liked it. Um I think it was, yeah, I think it was kind of a waste of time, uh, but I did enjoy it. I think it was fun. It was nice to see Worf in the Mirror Universe. I thought the Worf and Garrick stuff was really great. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's just, I think the the more the more you keep going back to that well, the harder it is to uh, figure out what you're going to pull out. The, the, um, the other sort of major problem I have with this only doing this once a year where you go back is I don't really remember the plot of the mirror universe. You know, like I remember right, right. broad strokes of like, oh, right, the rebels are in charge now. But it, 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 and I think the show recognizes that too. So they don't get really in depth with it. They give you a very broad uh, episode idea about what's going on. Um, I think you could quibble about like, how easy it is that people now go back and forth between the mirror universe. Like, I was thinking that too. I didn't realize you could just show up like it was no sweat. Right. And the mirror universe doesn't care about the prime universe really, except for the people who want to go and get Cisco. So that's, I don't know how much sense that makes you. We no longer see them return from the mirror universe at the end of any of the episodes. It's just assumed that they get back and they're fine. Uh, right. This but, one. And I, this is, I'm going to talk about this later kind of, in relation to what what I said at the beginning, this one Cisco stays on purpose. Yeah, for no like good reason. He has, yeah, he does what he's supposed to do, and then they're like, "All right, you can go." And he's like, "Ah, fuck it. I think I'm gonna fight with you guys." There's no reason for him to stay. No, and no. there's no, I mean, other than the fact, like, okay, so I may as well just say what I was gonna say. I think that the weird thing about this is that Cisco seems to use the mirror universe like someone would use a holodeck. Like he doesn't take it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he's banging Dax. Yeah. He's, you know, staying, staying around to fight the Cardassians and fly the defiant and blow shit up. He's not, it's, it doesn't really feel like Cisco believes there are any stakes to anything he's doing. And he's, and he's not treating the people or the situations <laughs> as though they are real people or situations. Yep. He's like, ah, fuck it. I'm never coming back here. I may as well do whatever I want. And I'm not saying that's unrealistic. I'm just saying it's very surprising. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> Maybe just like I was saying how it's the producers and the actor's ability to let off a little steam, Cisco views it that way too. You know, he's he's got a lot of turmoil going on in the real universe. He's got a lot of things that he's got a lot of plates he's got to keep up in the air or balls he's got to keep up in the air. And the, <clears throat> the, the mirror universe is his out. And the result of that is I was I was sort of shocked in this episode how much space combat there was. 
which is yeah, it's my, a lot. my understanding of that is that that's a very expensive, time intensive thing for the show to do. And I'm mm-hmm. surprised that they did it in a mirror universe episode. Like there's a lot of space combat in this. Maybe, you know, I would, I would guess that the amount of scenes they've seen that we've seen in this episode would come close to maybe the total that we've ever seen. Like there's a lot of extended, the ship is flying around the station, the defiant is sort of weaving in and out of the, the pylons and stuff. There's a lot of it. It's weird. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it all looks pretty good too. So they definitely spent time on it. Although there are some, <clears throat> some instances where you can tell that uh, they didn't exactly have all the time to make like the banking of the ship feel right. So there's a couple, there's a couple turns that like the defiant makes where it's like, well, that, that's a fairly like it doesn't feel like a real bank of a ship would you know yeah, yeah. it feels like a computer although I mean it's in space so who give who cares yeah. <laughs> um, shooting the shit but out yeah man. there's a lot of ships there's there's a bunch of Klingon ships there's a bunch of Cardassian ships it fights um, them all off there's the Defiant Does a pretty good job the, yeah I, I feel like they may have uh, they're getting pretty close to overpowering the Defiant here I think mm. like and I I mean in giving it too much power. Um, because why is is that standard that the Defiant could like single handedly take out a shitload of warbirds and take down an entire Cardassian, you know, giant penis ship, whatever those things are? <laughs> well, it is designed to take down. It, it is designed to create uh, some flaccid ships that are left hanging around. But I think it's a. It it is. I mean, I, I guess it's supposed to. I don't know if like the power creep against the Dominion is supposed to balance that out, but maybe it's just supposed to tear ass against all the other ships. It does seem a little bit sort of odd, but they they um they include uh you know I guess there's enough of a justification. They remind you in the episode that the thing is so powerful it basically tears itself apart whenever it tries to do something. Right. Um, it is. That's uh, you know that's how I think about myself, and that's why I try not to do much during the day. <laughs> right. You don't want to push yourself too hard. Um, yeah, I've the, so to get back to the main sort of meatiness of the episode is that it's a, uh, a Cisco is a terrible parent for not, not, uh, warning his son that his dead mother is going to appear when he walks through the door. That's, that's pretty bad parenting in my opinion. (laughs) Um, they do it as a dramatic break over the opening cold, cold open into the credits. And I thought that, you know, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel that the I feel this episode does a better job of maybe exploring what it means to look at a mirror version of yourself or to see a mirror version of someone that you knew, uh, like your mother in Jake's case here. But it doesn't really it doesn't really feel like the point of it. Um, right. I, I feel it never really lands all that well. It's always tethered to other sort of the other actors are doing varying degrees of campiness to it. Like Bashir is completely unhinged in his appearances in the mirror universe. Like he's just completely over the top space pirate mode. And which I don't find particularly believable. uh, In what, what way do you mean? Like it, I don't think he, I don't think the actor is very good at playing that. I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic to me. It feels very hammy. Yeah. Well, I, and and I agree, and I think that we mentioned before that the mirror universe here is just kind of camp. It's it's a very like the Garrick and Worf stuff is borderline joke. It has actually a pretty good joke where he stabs Garrick, and the guy's like, "Oh, never mind. Here's the here's the key." Yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot. Of- well, but that stuff I find believable. Like I think I th- I, th- I love that stuff. I thought it was great. I thought Worf was great as the you know the villainous Klingon. I thought Garrick was great basically playing himself. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought Dax was good. I thought Kira was good. I, it just Bashir doesn't feel – Bashir feels the most like he's playing a character. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, he's playing a space pirate. I, I'd agree with that. Right. I, I feel Worf is kind of that way. Worf is is doing a very mustache twirling villain role here. Like it's all like ah ha 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 that that kind of stuff as he's talking to Garrick, um, which is all fine. It's I, I think it all just comes back to if you're not going to focus on the Jake stuff and you want to do that campiness aspect that makes it feel like more of a waste of time than doing a little bit more of a focus on what it would mean for Jake to meet his mother in the universe. And I think mm. they, I think they do a pretty good job. Like Cisco getting frustrated when Jake is clearly in the early part of the episode being more enamored and almost wanting to stay in the mirror universe. I, I think that's pretty good. It just, it ends up not being super satisfying, mostly because they kind of go back and forth about whether or not this is Jennifer or it's not Jennifer and whether or not Cisco's in love with her and whether or not Jake sees her as his mother. And then they just kind of say, yeah, she sees herself as his mother. I don't know. It, it doesn't, for as dark and weird and twisted of a concept as it is, the campiness of the rest of the episode kind of uh, scuttles any kind of thing that you'd want to do with the Jake storyline. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Well, I don't know if I was surprised, but the Jake, Jake in the mirror, mirror universe seems to be the more interesting story to tell. And I mean, I guess it's no different than anybody else in the mirror universe, but it, there is some pretty heavy aspects to it about, you know, his mother being alive and Nog being there and being, you know, awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nog's so there, I, but he's not I, friendly to him, yeah, which is upsetting right, to him. Right, um, So I think that could have been interesting to get into a bit more. Um, but unfortunately they've set up this constant, um, war setting in the mirror universe where it's very difficult to have a, like a quiet mirror episode Yeah, that's because true. everything is just like, you know, doc Brown showing up at the end of the back to the future and being like, you have to come back to me. You have to save, you know, it's like that kind of pace to it when at, at the beginning of all these episodes now. Um, it's always a big event. And this one, they, the rebels have, what's the event here? The rebels have taken DS nine. I think that's the thing that, and they have, yeah, and they have, yeah. uh, they've built a defiant to fight off the invading fleet of what's, what's coming in towards them. Yeah. Yeah. And so it would, it would be nice to, you know, it would, I mean, it would have been nice to have Jake in the, in the mirror universe by himself, honestly. Yep. Well, um, do you, do you think that, <clears throat> I think one of the patron comments uh, that I'm going to sort of steal the idea is that. Does the episode cut the legs out from underneath Jake by having Cisco be so prominent in it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because uh, I think, you know, I, I think what might have been a little bit more of a um, engaging way to, to handle it would, would have been have, uh, I mean, I don't know why fucking Jennifer comes to the regular world, but basically <laughs> to have like an Alice in Wonderland type situation where she comes and she's hanging out and she meets him and then she leaves and then he follows her yeah, right. unbeknownst to her and unbeknownst to Cisco. So he ends up in the mirror universe completely unprepared for it. Um, but I mean, I guess that's just every mirror universe episode. So I don't know how much mileage you're going to get out of that. But again, it's a, it's, it's more of a personal thing there. So maybe it would be worth doing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, 
I guess it would clash with the tone of the mirror universe that they have. But I, my ideal thing would be you're set up there where Jake goes back and it's about dealing with loss. And maybe there's some sort of like hidden grief within Jake about the fact that he never really got to say goodbye to his mother. Like she was just taken right. from him. And it doesn't really happen here. And I don't know how much of that is the tone. And I also think that Sirach Lofton, the actor who plays Jake, kind of plays it a little bit too flirty with his mother here. It. I was thinking that. Like, there's a certain point where I was looking at him going like, is he doing the calculations right now about whether or not it's okay to bang this woman? <laughs> whether, because yeah, yeah. it's his mom, but it's not his mom. So, play ball? There was a dinner scene where he made dinner for her where it felt very yeah. flirty, dainty to me. and I Yeah, and when they were touching hands and stuff, I know that was supposed to be like, it's good to uh, see you again. Uh, yeah, like we're, we're yeah, making contact. Yeah, supposed to be, yeah, nostalgic and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. He didn't play it that way. It just it felt a little bit too uh, um, arousing for him. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree, and I think that's a I think oh, that's. A- I, I never I never thought I'd hold these hands again. <laughs> I, Do you want to have dinner? I think I'll say Mom? that. I'll say that to my mother when she comes over for Thanksgiving and see how, how the rest of the family reacts to it. Although the Cisco's have a very bizarre sexual uh, tension between all of them anyway. Um, the So I think that's a Ciroc Lofton performance issue, but I I don't know. I, I really like the idea of Jake going into the mirror universe and being, um, you know, I what they always do with Star Trek. There is a draw to the mirror universe, like Discovery tries yeah. to do this. Like there's a reason that you could want to go there, even though it's horrible and everyone is terrible and the situation is all fucked up. But the chance to go see people again is too overwhelming. I think that the the series constantly reminds you that they're not the same people either, except for Discovery, which has seemed a little bit confused about it. But like they, they are very aware that this is not the same person. So I think that the, the storyline you want to tell is just a reminder that you have feelings for these people who look like these people, and this is a chance to say goodbye. It's a chance to realize that things can never go back the way they were, and they never really do it. Instead, we have the ending 20 minutes, which is um, Cisco's like, hey, I'm going to see you guys later, and Miles O'Brien is like, oh, gee, like I wish I had more time to learn how to fly the ship, and then Cisco's like, all right, and he hops into the chair and shoots the, the shit out of the Klingons. Right. Yeah, it would have been nice. You know, what else would have been kind of cool is if, if maybe they had played it up like uh... – like Jake has an idealized version of the mirror universe based on what he's heard about it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm sure the stories he's heard about it are, you know, air towards like the swashbuckling aspect. And it's like, yeah, right, he's I was a writer. A, yeah. I, yeah. I was a, I was a pirate over there, Jake, and your mom's alive. And like all of these I things Dax. were in his head. Yeah. yeah I totally <laughs> fucked <Dax. laughs> Um, But uh, uh, and Kira is just a whore. <laughs> No, um, uh, but like to have him have this like idealized conception of the mirror universe and then have him go over there and it, it, it end up being like, you know, the alternate Biff future from back to the future too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what I think, I think would be, would be fun. Cause no one ever taught the thing about the mirror universe is like every time they come back from there, there's like this gentleman's agreement that no one will ever talk about it. Right. And clearly that's not the case. Clearly everybody's talking about it. Jake fucking knows about it. So the, it's it's a thing. They're crossing back and forth like they're just, you know, crossing state lines at this point. Why don't – it would be fun to to play with the expectations of someone who's never been there. 
um, and, you know, go that direction. And then you can kind of jump off of there into the, you know, I guess all, all that, you know, depressing shit you were talking about. Right. And uh, it kind of, <laughs> kind of reminds me that um, I don't think Quark has gone over yet. We've seen Mira Quark who died. But Quark mm-hmm. seems like the character who would go over to try to exploit the mirror universe, right? Like he's the yes, yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't know, I don't know why they haven't done that. Seems like that should be a Ferengi episode. Actually, just combine the two, so we don't have to have a Ferengi episode and a mirror universe episode. We just have yeah. one. Um, <laughs> but the, I don't know. I like I, I I don't know if there's really much else to say about the episode outside of that. I think that the they have fun playing with the roles. Um, you know, the intendant Kira is there doing her thing. People get to run around the Garrick and the caller with Worf is really great. Uh, leads to a lot of like, uh, interplay between those two actors. It's Dorn's first chance to play mirror universe Worf. Um, and I liked when they were going around, uh, deep space nine in the mirror universe. And, uh, they did the thing where Nog was like, I don't trust tall men. I trust tall women here. Have this one. And then his mom is like, isn't she a little old for you? Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping Jake would be like, well, mom, I have this other television show. I've been developing that on this universe you haven't heard of. And it's called Jake Sisko. <laughs> and I'm very, very familiar with dating girls who are older than me for some reason. Those are some scantily clad Dabo girls too. Um, it's standard definition, so you can't really see much. But it looks like they were—they were like. That's how I would. That's how I would ease him into the mirror universe. Yeah. So like he gets in, and then the first thing is like Nog runs the bar, and he's kind of a dick, but he's got all these hot chicks, and then Jake is like, "This place is amazing," <laughs> and then you know he gets thrown into a slave camp for forty years. Are STDs good for you in the mirror universe? Do they like amplify <laughs> your ability? Um, yeah, and. It, 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 now that you've, you've sort of sparked it, they don't even really – the Nog thing isn't really even – I guess the point of the Nog thing in this is that Nog, like Nog not being friendly to him is the reason that Jake wants to go back at a certain point. It seems like that's the thing that is like – it kicks him out of the mindset of like, oh, the mirror universe is a good thing to be because he has a argument with Nog on the, uh, the promenade. But yeah, they don't really – Nog's the only remaining Ferengi. I guess that's the reason that they, they had to include him because everyone else is dead. But Nog is yeah. also – uh, he doesn't fit the um, the previous episode established that the Ferengi are kind of the moral ones in this universe, and Nog doesn't fit into right. that. Which is, well, I guess that's a mirror of Nog, though. So I guess that works because Nog in our universe is the most non-Ferengi Ferengi that they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like the stuff with it. Well, I-, I liked it until they killed him. Not that not that he needs to hang around, but that was like the most. As soon as he walked away, I was like, Kira, you should probably kill him. Yep. And then she stopped and she turned around and killed him. So clearly she listened to him. <laughs> All the Ferengi are dead at this point. There's no more. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you really want to say about this one? I, I don't find, you know, I didn't find it offensive. I don't find it particularly, it really changed my, my opinion really totally changed. And I was like, I just can't be super critical about these episodes. Like I just kind of have to get, watch it and get through it. And I don't really care about what the stakes are. The show doesn't care about the stakes because Cisco is just going to th- pretend to throw his life away by fighting for the, this cause that he could have escaped. Um, I don't know. Like, is there anything else that you think, how, how do you approach these episodes at this point? Um, Knowing that there's you one know, every year. I think year. they're fun. Yeah, I think they're fun. You know, I, I, I still enjoy seeing the different take on characters and stuff. 
Um, especially when you get to add a couple more in, like Garrick. You get, we haven't seen Mirror Garrick before, right? We have, yeah. He was uh, uh, oh, he has. was Kira's right-hand man in the previous episodes, yeah. Oh, well, anyway, he's fun. I mean, I haven't seen him in a while, so he was fun. We haven't seen this Bashir and, you know, with this haircut, I think, is the change. Yeah. Him, and, him and Worf are the two changes. Uh, yeah, and Worf was great. Um, I think Worf is a more interesting mirror villain than Kira is. Yeah. Because Kira was just sort of like uh, a dominatrix who didn't really have any like she was a lot more vague in like who she was working for. I'm sure I, I'm sure it was not vague, but it was just like one of those things where it's like I need to do this because the uh, intergalactic board of directors that I work for right. needs to answer to the higher power, and I they need and it's like all right, whatever. You just they just want you to you know look sexy so they can pan a camera up your butt <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Lord um, help me. Yeah. But which I mean she's fun doing that stuff even though she's dressed like uh Tila from the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe movie. <laughs> um and but I think Worf is a lot more fun as a as a villain villain. I, I think I think you could have fun going forward with this if you've got Worf as your main mirror villain and then Kira as sort of your wild card for lack of a better term like Gul Dukat type character. Yep. Yep. Uh who is who's a bad guy but is kind of bouncing between factions just looking out for herself kind of thing. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um but again, uh, what what I did kind of like though is I did like that even the Mirror Universe episodes are now serialized. Yes. So yeah. the stuff that happened in this one um is a direct result of stuff that happened in the last one and they are clearly setting up things to happen in the next one. Yeah. No, they are. And I <clears throat> They're, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I guess it depends on how they handle it, just because it comes so infrequently that, as I was saying earlier, you kind of forget what you're talking about when you go back to the mirror universe and you need a little bit of a refresher yeah. every once in a while. But I think on a, um, my, my last sort of point would just be on a, on a scripting level, I find them not particularly enjoyable because I feel that these scripts, especially in such a strong season as we've been seeing so far where the the writing has really seemed to kick it up a notch, the stuff that happens in the mirror universe really feels like it's a very throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Like the, the logic of what drives people to go there and do things is very flimsy. It's just really like we need this to happen for Cisco to go here mm-hmm. and then Cisco has to go there and then mm-hmm. Cisco needs to fight and then we have to do this. And well, I guess that's where the fun of it doesn't really stick around for me because I, I don't find them that fun because I feel like they are so detached from really trying to do anything that even when I when I enjoy the performances or sort of the scenes or the vignettes that they do, the overall... I just feel like my feet aren't settled in the mirror universe. I never feel like I'm comfortably watching it and being like, oh, I know everything that's sort of going on. And I feel that this is all well-earned. It feels a little bit, it just feels lackluster. It feels like a real placeholder of an episode and an idea. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, again, they have to, they're, they're working inside a world that they haven't really fully defined and it kind of changes every time they do it. So that, that makes sense that it would be sort of uh, the connection there. I, I think that's the thing though with these episodes is, they are tougher to connect to storyline wise, and they really, uh, they really put the weight on the shoulders of fun characterizations. Yeah. Do you? Which is fine. You know, I, I mean, I think, I think there's two ways to look at them because is uh, you can look at them 
that way and be like, oh, you know, it's really fun to see the different costumes and the different characters in there. You know, it's a campier episode. Clearly, the people making it are having fun, so they are meant to be more fun-having-like episodes. But then you can look at it the other way, which is, well, why don't they take the concept of the Mirror Universe seriously and actually exploit its full science fiction storytelling potential? Mm-hmm. And I think you you only get one of those, unfortunately, with the way that they handle these. And they seem to be going more the uh, these are the 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 lighter fun mirror universe than the uh, than the metaphorical. Uh, we're trying to make a point mirror universe. Do you think you could flip flop them, and would they feel yeah. consistent? So, like every other season, you did one way or the other, or would you find that bizarre and inconsistent in the writing? I think you could do. I think you could do them at the same time. Frankly, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm 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 not saying you can only. You are only allowed to get one. I think they are choosing to only do sure. one. Um, and I think you can. In, in viewing these ones, you kind of end up falling on either side of that argument, which is like, well, I I appreciate them because they are kind of fun, or I don't like them because they are not as good as they could be, or and they are not exploiting the the uh, concept. I think you can do both. I think you can use these characters who are a little over the top and do stuff that's more interesting and tell more interesting stories with it. I don't think you have to sacrifice story just because, you know, Kira wants to, you know, bat her eyes and shake her butt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I mean, for this one, as you were saying, then you could just have Jake's story be the actual insightful storyline and then have the Worf and Garrick scenes pasted on top of it uh, to sort of balance right. everything out. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. that's the harder, I did, I was just gonna say, I did really like the stuff with, with Worf and Garrick, especially, especially when that other guy was like, um, I'm sorry. I just, I, the, the key fell into my <laughs> boot. I'm sorry. <laughs> As he stabbed him. I also like the, uh, there's a line where Worf says, Garrick says something and Worf says, you're starting to sound like a Klingon and Garrick, uh, Andrew Robinson has a great line delivery of like, I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying very hard. <laughs> and also Worf got to say make it so, which I thought was pretty yep, fun. Yep, yep. Yeah, they um those two are very, very good uh there. And it's a it's a chance for them to spread their wings a little bit. Andrew Robinson is excellent and Michael Dorn, as we've said before, is uh sort of turning a page as an actor, or at least he's learning how to work with Worf a little bit better. Um Yeah. Well, I mean that's what happens when you actually get stuff to do. Yeah, that's true. And you've been playing the same character for seven hundred episodes or whatever it is at that point. Um that's it. So we're done with Mirror Universe Jennifer. She We barely knew her, and now she's gone. Uh, and that's it for this Mirror Universe sojourn this season. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back, and we're going to break uh, – not break down. We're going to wrap up Shatter Mirror. We're going to read some patron thoughts, and then we're going to give our final thoughts. You look like you can use another pair of hands. Smaller ones might help. Here. Let me. I'm trying to recalibrate the torque sensors. Yes, I know to control the inertial dampers. It's Professor Cisco, remember? Sorry. For what it's worth, you should know that I've told Jake the truth about my visit to you, why I brought him here, everything. And? And he said that it doesn't matter, that he's still glad to have met me. Funny thing is, I know he means it. He has a forgiving nature. It's more than that. I don't think he could be angry with me, even if he wanted to. I remind him too much of his mother. He loved her very much. No one has ever 
cared about me like that before. So, if it's all right with you, I will see to it that he is sent back to Deep Space Nine. When? Right away. What's Smiley going to say about that? He trusts you to finish your job. And so do I. Okay, so if you support the show on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you guys will leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We'll read them and react to them on the podcast. Stephen Cobb says, Shattered Mirror, bag on the Mirror Universe as much as you want. They're still fun episodes to watch. Mirror Nog was awesome. I was sorry to see him get killed. Jake and Jennifer scenes are a bit rough. The My Mother's Hands part was pretty good, but the rest of their interaction felt pretty stilted to me. Uh, to do next up, there's only a couple of these. Where's the next one? Here it is. Neil Brennan says, Shattered Mirror, I've never gotten the impression that you two are the biggest fans of Jake. Correct me if I'm wrong but I find Lofton's performance really charming. He's not the world's greatest, but he brings an exuberance to the show that I love. Good example is the scene in Nog's bar in this episode, which was otherwise good, but not great. Surely the emotional impact of meeting his mother, kind of, should be a hammer blow and not a romp. So what do you think? Do, are you are you a fan of Jake, Clay, or do you want to set the record straight um, here? I, I think my problem with Jake is that for some reason, I don't think necessarily the writing is this way. I just feel like, He's playing him. It seems like he's playing him younger than he is. I don't know exactly how old he, the actor is here, but for some reason he's play, he's choosing to play him with this like wide-eyed innocence that feels really young. It, it feels like an older person playing a younger person. Yep. And that feels really kind of uh, there's a big disconnect for me. I don't know if he's if that's what he was trying to do or if that's just a result of the way he acts or whatever, but, uh, so he's 18. Um, the actor is 18 at this point. Okay. So it, it, it feels like an 18 year old playing like a 13 year old to me, or like a 15, like someone who's younger than he is. Yep. Um, it's the same feeling I get when, you know, you have a child actor who is saying dialogue clearly written by an older person who doesn't understand how kids talk, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, that, that, and it just feels really inauthentic. And I think that's my problem with, with what's the name? Sirac? Sirac Lofton, yeah. Sirac Lofton. Um, I don't think he's bad. I just think for some, I mean, maybe maybe he is. Maybe that's what it is for me, is that I don't think he's that good. So his acting comes off as so something else. So he's supposed to be 17 at this point in the show. The character is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't hate no, him. No, I, I agree with you. I'm, um, I'm surprised they actually are writing him as that old. He doesn't come across as that old to me. He seems like a young teenager um, who's just gigantic, basically. Um, <laughs> so I would I would agree with that. I would say that I don't really have a problem with Jake. I think that the smartest thing the writers did was that even though he's a main credited cast member, he is not in more than 25% of the episodes, probably. Yeah. Um, do you, could they possibly have just had Tony Todd play 18 year old <laughs> Jake? Cause I'd be down for that. With young man makeup. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I think Jake had a lot of potential bad outcomes and they mostly avoided them with him. Yeah, um, yeah. he is not my favorite character. I don't think he's really well defined. He is good in, you know, situations that they put him in that are set up for him. I think he's fine at doing it, like the visitor and stuff like that. 
Um, but otherwise, Jake is better in small doses. He's probably the least. If you if you were to say you get one more DS9 episode, which character do you want it to be? It wouldn't be about Jake Sisko would be my answer. Um, right. That's pretty right. much my take on it. But I, I don't hate him. It would be about wrong. It would. It would. I need to. I need to know more about his engineering prowess. Last comment, Kyle Barrett, Shattered Mirror. Visiting the Mirror Universe should never be routine, but here that's just how it feels. There's no danger to the crossing. They simply prepare for it like a regular boarding party, and we don't even see how Cisco and Jake return at the end. It's all starting to feel too easy and too safe. I have issues with the final scene too. The last Mirror Universe episode was about Cisco and his relationship with Jennifer, and so this one should be about Jake and his mother. But Cisco barges into the scene, and Jennifer's last moment with him was, was with him instead of Jake, upending the emotional core of the episode between mother and son. My biggest problem, however, is with Mir Bashir's hair. The once flowing locks of unending, and unending beauty and tasteful thickness are now scruffy and matted. It's a goddamn travesty. Overall, there's some good action, and it's been a while since we've seen Garrick, so I enjoyed his scenes, but it's the weakest episode in a long time. Um, yeah, we sort of touched on the Jake getting his story cut out from under him by Cisco, uh, who is Ben Cisco and Jennifer sort of rekindle their romance, at least on some level, uh, later on in the episode mm-hmm. and it takes it away from Jake, but it's a, the relationship here between son and mother is no visitor. Um, and so it's always going to suffer against that. And I don't even know if they've really pulled off an average job of Jake interacting with his mother. I, I, I don't feel they really nailed it. If they were trying to or if they were indifferent to it, whatever, who cares? But if they were trying to say something about it, I don't really think they did. And they don't they didn't really get enough time either. No. You know, like they all of the interactions they have once they get to the mirror universe are very like end of scene, beginning of scene type interactions. Like the dinner like the dinner sequence where, you know, they talk for about thirty seconds and then uh Cisco shows mm-hmm. up. And then, you know, it's like that, that that's all they get. They don't really get a lot of time to spend together and, and uh <clears throat> get into the meat of what they're what they're doing here. Yeah. It's it's actually a lot of um it's more of Jennifer explaining her feelings to Cisco, to Ben Cisco, than it is about yeah. Jake. Like she never really has a heart to heart with Jake. She explains to Ben Cisco, she's like, Well, I'm starting to feel like a mother now, and maybe we could maybe we could be a family over here in this horrible parallel universe that we live in. Uh that's about it. Those are all the I also I also like the part when when uh, Bashir shows up for the first time and Smiley calls him captain and Cisco's like, captain? And he's like, I'm a captain. You're a captain. He's a captain. We got plenty of captains around here. We don't have enough, we don't have enough men. We got plenty of titles, though. Yep. And a, a lot of people slapping each other. Cisco gets slapped a whole bunch by all the Mirror Universe people in this episode. Um that's about it. Patrons, thank you very much for writing in with your thoughts about this Mirror Universe episode. Shattered Mirror. Clay, what are you going to give this on our scale of one to five? I'll give it a three. I think I still think this is a better than. I don't think it's bad. I think it's a very average episode. Uh, it's definitely watchable. Yeah, I don't think it's particularly you know egregiously poorly written or anything. So I'd give it a yeah, three. Okay, I'm going to give it a two. I think. Um, I I seem to generally like the Mirror Universe episodes less than. This uh, the sort of standard of you and the audience, I guess. So who everyone seems to think that they're okay with the mirror universe. I find them a little bit frustrating and lacking. Um, the writing is okay. I would have liked more of the Lofton or Jake Sisko stuff to shine through. I would have liked a little bit more of a point to what goes on here. But 
Not agree. Mm-hmm. Just maybe it's another. We've said it before, but if if this is the quality of a, a lesser episode, it's fine. The series is going in the right direction. I think that this is one of the. This is definitely one of the weaker episodes of the season so far for me. So, um, that's about it. Shattered Mirror. I'm going to give it a two. Clay will give it a three. We disagree, Clay. That's our first disagreement in a while, actually. I think. Well, this is a mirror universe episode. That's so. true. One of us has the uh, the Funhouse Mirror, where the uh, where the the fat bottom and then the skinny top as a weird way to describe that, but that's what it is. Um, let's see here. I think that's it guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to check out more of the social media links is Facebook, Twitter, discord, you go to discord to talk. That's a good place to go. You go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to support the show, a couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. Um, we just did our night of the love the, 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 the night of the living dead was the last podcast we did. This month, we're going to be doing a Western. It looks like it's either going to be Tombstone or uh, Unforgiven. It's a very close call, and the poll closes tonight, so we'll know tomorrow. And you can check that out. I'm also starting to put up a little bit more on the Patreon, some behind-the-scenes stuff, how I edit these shows, uh, things like that. I'm doing a little like sort of one-off review type stuff just for the patrons. So that's what you guys get. Anyway, that's about it. Uh, Clay, anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, Poser 3 out now. There you go. Now we're on the right timeline here. We were unsure of it last time, but now it is out. You guys can get it at your friendly neighborhood comic store. Friendly local, what do they call it? Friendly local comic book store? Yeah, local comic there store. You go. <laughs> board games have the same thing. They call them friendly local board games, something like that. Whatever, there's an acronym. Check them out wherever comics are sold. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We had to, yeah, that's pretty much it. Midterms are over. Politics have now ended. We can now focus on Star Trek going forward. Um, Guys, thank you very much for listening. Much appreciated. And as always, oh, Clay, kill a little bit of time. Say something, some some non sequitur as I pull up the patron list to thank them. Um, The guy from the HBO show Cat House who was running for some seat in Nevada and died like two weeks ago apparently won his election in a landslide last night. Yes. Dennis Hoff. He's been dead for like three weeks. (laughs) We're going to have to go to the mirror universe. And they apparently like put signs up saying this guy is dead and he still won. (laughs) It's weird. There's no way that they take them off the ballot at that point. I don't know why. There must be some law about it or something. It's very strange. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's a pretty clear, we take him off no matter what, like what's, What's the thought behind leaving him on there? It's not the first time it's happened either. And it's not the first time a dead person has won the election, which really says a lot about your opponent, I guess, the, the quality of your opponent. Although- Just look at the Oscars after Heath Ledger. I mean, how many people are in- I think he was running for a house seat. So how many people are in his region of the- like, it, it, You know, it's it, obviously it's the same if it's a house of representatives, it's the same amount of people, but it's like, it's a very- wide swath of the state i guess as opposed to out here where the the population would be a little more condensed um yeah i think it was a, a it was a a pretty localized election for him was I it? Think. let me, so let me look up what he actually uh, ran for i think his name it's was- not exactly like we're gonna have a weekend at bernie's situation in washington I think. <laughs> more so than we already do zing let me see here politics humor nevada assembly oh never mind so this is not i thought he was yeah. running for a a Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. So that that's that's a very small election right there. Um, but he's dead. Uh, Cat House was a formative thing that we watched during college. 
Um, <laughs> he seems like a real, real uh, not a particularly great guy. But now he's dead. So can't Cat House was the show that they put on like after Real Sex for all of the people who watched Real Sex and were really disappointed yes, by it. Who were like, I can't masturbate to this. This is not. This is not. <laughs> give me some real. Give me some real hookers, and then I will be able to finish. And also, uh, Lamar Odom passed out there. That was what uh, the Cat House was famous yeah, for. That's right. There's a whole a whole bunch yeah. of weird stuff going on there. All right, that's about it. Oh, and. Uh, Clay did a good job of delaying. So now I'm going to say thank you to the captain level tier patrons, Stephen Cobb, Eric Johnson, Jay Stanley, David Kay, Nick Sergi, Nathan Elliott, Michael Pond, Matthew Cutler, Will Yates, Matt Flores, Samuel Custer, Santos Gonzalez, Robert Cummins, Andrew Chirilog, Spinobi, Russ Graham, Decker Sebastiani, Neil Brennan, Bradley Killens, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Ben Douglas, Kyle Barrett, Joint Mango, Tarek Latif. Thank you very much, guys. You make the show possible. Anyway, we're about done. Thank you, Myra. Thank you very much, Clay. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for we having me. We are back with, there's another week episode after this one. Not to spoil anything, The Muse. We're back with The Muse, which is a uh, Luxana Troy episode coming up. What? Yep. yep. Have you seen, have you seen any I of her episodes so far to this point? I didn't, has she, she's already been on the show. She's I don't been on think I have. two episodes so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So you, you missed both of them. Cool. But anyway, she's making a return. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.